Good morning, church. Uh, today, our opening hymns are Come Christian, Join to Sing. That's in the red hymnal 158. And Let Us Break Bread Together. That is also in the red hymnal 618. If you would, please stand. So a little disclaimer, I pulled these down from YouTube, so you may want to follow the screen, not necessarily the hymnal. I hope okay. they're the same. Follow the screen. Thank you. 
Uh, this morning, second week, we have uh, Mike Shushler here again. Um, who do we have next week? Mike Schlushler. Mike Schlushler again, okay. <laughs> All right, Brother Mike, if you would. Good morning, church. After a song like, let us break bread together on our knees, I sometimes just want to be on my knees for a minute before the Lord. I have a confession to make, and I don't usually make these confessions uh, when I'm doing this sort of thing. But I almost called the other two speakers that you're going to hear from and say, wait a minute, I want to do the whole thing. (laughs) I loved being here last week. So did my wife, Deanne. We look forward to another week with you, and then you'll have Pastor uh, Dale Parsons, wonderful speaker, incredible musician. Then I'll be back, and then uh, I think on the 3rd of April, you have Jim Elzerman. I think you'll enjoy Jim also. We count it a privilege to be here. We count it a privilege to be able to fill in and help out while your pastor, uh, Patrick Robbins, is uh, on, a, on a, a short leave. So it is our joy to be here, and now I've confessed, so I I guess I have that off my mind. Let's uh, ask the Lord to be with us this morning. Father God, we do thank you for this opportunity to worship together. Father, instill in our hearts uh, the desire to know you better, so that when we leave here, we can truly say, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Father, may your anointing fall upon each person here. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. The announcements, Monday, A-H-G at 6 p.m. Pardon? American Heritage Girls, Girls. thanks. And then Staff Parish is at 6 p.m. Kevin, you'll have something to do with that, won't you? Okay, so instead of tomorrow, we're going to do it after service, just like last week when the ladies met up here. I like that, by the way. I was... I pulled in a lot of stuff last week that I thought was kind of cool. And then on Tuesday, ladies' Bible study at the Lieblers at 7.15 a.m. Ooh, it's early. A.m. 7.15 a.m. I'm in farm country. My wife grew up in farm country in Pigeon. And I remember when I used to get up at 4.35 o'clock with her dad to milk cows. Yep, you're our early risers. And then prayer time at 6.30 p.m. Wednesday, Lenten service. And that's here. And I'm, I'm not sure what hand and bar soap means, but I know you're clean living people, so I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> we could have a foot washing service. <laughs> For all of you that are listening at home today, we do welcome you into this worship service, and we're glad that you are with us. Also, Thursday, church council meets at 10 a.m. Are there other announcements or anything for the good of the church that we need to talk about? Okay, with that said, it's time for young disciples.
I'm sorry. It's not the fun group. Yeah, I was. I, I think Who says? Well, you can come up. Hi, guys. Hello. All right, so today we're going to talk about, um, right now we are in a season of, it's called Lent. We're doing some Lenten services on, hey, you guys come up here. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing some um, Lenten services on Wednesday evenings, and that's what this is for. And the, the hand and bar soap is donations for uh, our local um, pantries. So there's a donation every Wednesday that we bring to help other people. But we're going to talk about Lent. And Lent is the season in our churches where it starts on Ash Wednesday, which was last Wednesday, where they put ashes on our forehead. And it leads up to Easter. And there's 40 days. So 40 days between that time. That representation of 40 days is representing the 40 days that Jesus was in the desert. Do you guys know that story? Jesus was sent into the desert, and um, he did not eat at all for 40 days. And do you guys know who was there with him? Does anybody? God. God was there with him, right? You know who else? Satan was there, and there were some angels, okay? Satan kept tempting Jesus the whole 40 days. Satan kept tempting him, tempting him with bread, tempting him with riches, tempting him with that he would have the power over everyone. But Jesus knew that he was there for a reason, and he knew the word of God which is taught to us from the Bible, right? So during Lent, um, a lot of Christians give up something. Um, a lot of Catholics give up meat. I don't think some people do, I guess. But you, we are all supposed to give up something that means a lot to us. So something that you really, really like, like chocolate or like maybe playing with your game system. We're supposed to give up something. And that's representing Jesus not eating for those 40 days and fasting. That's called fasting when you don't eat. Um, and instead of fasting for those 40 days, we, we give up something that means a lot to us. So in those 40 days, Jesus counted on his Father, on God, and prayed to him and became closer to him. And that's, that's one of the things that Lent is supposed to teach us. So we are supposed to pray and we are supposed to become closer to God in these days between um, Ash Wednesday and Easter. Because we all know that Easter is when Jesus was on the cross, right? Before he rose after three days. In the Bible, in Matthew ver uh, chapter 23, verse 30, 37, it says, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart soul, and mind. So in these days ahead, leading up to Easter, you guys become closer to God. Read your Bible. Maybe talk to some friends about Jesus at school. And pray. So in with that, praying, um, in 610 AD, there was a 
um, Italian monk who developed pretzels. Okay? The pretzels were developed that long ago. And the shape of the pretzel is, I don't know if you can see it, the shape of the pretzel is to represent your arms folded in prayer. We think of praying sometimes like this. When before we say grace, we pray our hands like this. But back then, they prayed like that, with their arms crossed. And that represents the pretzel. So that's what your treat is today. Um, and the monk developed pretzels with leftover dough that he had from the bakery that he ran. And he taught children Bible verses and he gave them pretzels as a treat for learning their Bible verses. So maybe during this time of Lent, you guys can um, talk to your parents and you can maybe learn a few Bible verses. That'd be something good to honor God, right? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for these children. Thank you for this time of Lent and the reflection of what it, what it means to become closer to you. Just guide us all, keep us all safe, and um, be with these children day in and day out. Amen. Thank you. Believe me, my wife is taking this all in because she often does the children's message at our church and she chairs our education at our church, so she loves to get new ideas. I watched you, hon. It's now time to go to the Lord with our joys and concerns. I want to share a couple of joys. It's nice to see Cindy Rosman here. She, uh, she does what I used to do and I have a great deal of empathy and understanding of her job. She is a lay leader of about 100 churches, and believe me, it's, it's quite a, an experience and quite a job, but a joyful, a joyful time. Also, Mr. Eklund on sound, he was very helpful again today, and, and uh, Kevin, thank you. Mary Lou, who I talked to during the week, also Kevin, for helping us prepare. I do have uh, some things I will talk to you about, about communion after we pray today, but who has a joy or concern that you would like to lift up before the church at this time? Any joys? I'd like to thank the church for allowing us, the uh, Christian Motorcycle Association, to come and share with you and we already thank that, and this is our time of the year when uh, I'll be going to other churches as well to share that. Uh, they all appreciate it, and uh, I know that the pastors overseas that receive the motorcycles or whatever type of transportation, we can supply them and repeat that uh, for outreach for others. Thank you. Thank you. Others? It was a joy to um, do our soup luncheon on Thursday. Kim and I um, made the soup, and we had lots of, um, lots of help. Bonnie helped, and the extra drivers, which we were very thankful for. Um, and we gave out 97 soups. Oh, so that, wow. was, that was great. That's great.
Others? I'd like to share the information that um, Carl Beals, uh, Carl is 62 years old, was previously from this community, and um, he passed away. He passed away. Yes, yes. Anyone else? All right. One more. We had a good time yesterday, um, all day long, with our grandson Easton playing basketball. And they finally, uh, every week, they've lost by just a couple points. And two weeks, it was to their, their other team from their town, which didn't set very well. But yesterday, they won the championship. And um, those boys played five hard-fought games. And they really did well. And we were very proud of them. And now we get our Saturdays back. Thank you. I just want to share how much I enjoy the soup that's delivered to our house every once a month. Anyway, it's, it's just delicious. And I had been away the other day, and I couldn't have anything to eat or drink before I had some tests done. And so that soup was especially good. So they deliver that soup to your house, right? I want to give someone our address. Um, anyone else before we go to prayer? Okay, let us pray. Father God, we, we so welcome your presence here. We're so grateful for this church, for the ministry that goes on in this church, Lord, for the joys that have been shared, for uh, the outreach wherever that may be. For families, Father, that um, have lost loved ones, we, we lift them up to you. We ask, Father, that you continue to bless this church. Let this church be a pillar in this community, a shining light, so that your love can uh, be transferred to people in this community and even beyond. We ask, Father, that you would continue to anoint and bless this service and that you would uh, Bless each one of us as we pray together that prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Just before we take the offering, would you join me in just saying a special prayer for Patrick and Karen? Father God, we do lift Pastor Patrick and his good wife Karen up to you. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to regenerate them, restore them, make them well, and let them feel your presence today, Father. We thank you for their lives. In Christ's name, amen. And now it is time to receive the morning offering. So ushers, if you would uh, receive that at this time.
God, we do bring these offerings to you. We pray that you will use them for the building of your kingdom and for your glory. Bless the gift and the giver. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. I hope you can appreciate that I remembered this week. Sorry, I should have warned you that that was running pretty slow. <laughs> Do I dismiss for junior church or do kids just know? Kids, it's time to go to junior church. Your wonderful congregation, it is a, a joy to worship with you. Uh, I write my sermons but they are inspired by books I've read, devotions, uh, sometimes from sermons that I've heard from other people. I still continue to appreciate some of the sermons of the late Peter Marshall. I'm inspired by my church family and I'm inspired by things that people just like you share with me. So sometimes I have a little bit a uh, different kick to my gallop, but just bear with me and I will do the best I can for you. A word about communion. The elements have been consecrated. Uh, our pastor consecrated them. And communion is open to anyone. Not just, you don't have to be United Methodist Church. You have to believe in Jesus Christ, have faith that he is your Lord and Savior, and you are more than welcome to participate in communion. I did bring something this week uh, that I didn't know if you would need or not, but these are for homebound. And if any of you have someone that you want to take communion to, these elements have been consecrated. You're more than welcome to take the little packet for homebound communion. Let's pray. Father, may these words bring you honor and glory. Use me and each person here as a testament to your love and your grace. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. We are going to be reading today from Mark chapter 5. And it actually starts at 24b. By b, I mean we don't use quite the whole verse. And I'll be reading to verse 34. So Mark... Chapter 5, starting with the 24th verse. So he went with them, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she fell in her body. She felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Who touched me? 
He looked all around to see who had done it, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. It appears that Jesus was at the peak of his ministry. He had delivered many lessons, including the parables, still the storm, cast out demons, completed a tour, a preaching tour of Galilee, cleansed the leper, healed, answered questions, held a job, called his disciples, and great crowds were following him. Today's lesson is almost sandwiched between the story of the healing of Jairus' daughter. It appears that Jesus is on a city street. We can imagine that it was probably hot and dusty. There would be lots of noise as people in the market were hawking their wares. Children were running, playing tag and laughing. Merchants dickered. There was complaining and questions and beggars and braggers and a sense of curiosity and urgency, idleness and work. All of this and more. It is his face that will grab your attention. Hold your gaze. There's something about those eyes, the way they look at you, something different. He seems to stand out in the crowd. He is surrounded by and followed by his disciples. And he brushes and pats the heads of children as he moves along. The kids spontaneously hug him. And he is definitely on a mission. Some call him a king. Others, a prophet, or the Galilean, or the Nazarene. He calls himself the Son of Man. It appears that many in the crowd love him, still others stalk him, and some wonder if what they've heard about him is true. There are many questions. He is a teacher. Others in the crowd have been touched, moved, and changed by him. They remain close to him out of love and devotion and gratitude and respect. Most of them are poor, but not all. There is light and joy in the eyes of many. All clamor to be near him 
For others, a chance of forgiveness, beginning, or change. He promises another kind of life, not one of this world. Yet he teaches how to behave in this world. Somewhere in the crowd, there's another face. There is much in this face, too. Pain, paleness, the pinched lines of suffering, and the eyes. Lovely, but full of defeat. Matthew and Luke verify the same story in their Gospels. The woman had had this blood issue for 12 long years. She had spent all of her money on physicians and no one had been able to help her. She longs for peace and comfort. She seems incurable and she may represent a bit of all of us. She was sick and tired and broken. She'd heard about Jesus, his healing. She may have even seen him or talked to others about him. Anyway, it was worth a try. All else had failed. Somehow, an assurance came to her that if she could just touch him, even the hem of his garment, she would be healed. This is called faith, dear church, dear brothers and sisters. She struggles to push her way through the crowd, and this is not without great effort. She's weak. There are people in her way, pawing, pushing, crushing, clamoring for attention. For a moment, she may have panicked. What if she misses her opportunity? Finally, she's almost close enough. And just as he passes, she reaches out and she touches his robe. And the change comes. The awesome miracle occurs here. Her breathing calms. Blood pumps into those diseased veins. Healing, oxygenated blood loaded with nutrients to soothe that formerly diseased body and to heal her spirit as well. Once again, a soul has been saved. A soul has been redeemed. A life restored. A body healed. No doubt the transformed woman might have again be swallowed up by the crowd. No one could have noticed the gesture of faith and healing. No one but Christ.
he stopped. And I'm not sure how his disciples or the crowd even heard him. And he asked that terrific, wonderful, awesome, profound question. Who touched me? Probably many in the crowd laughed. He was surrounded. We know his disciples thought his inquiry was a little incredulous, sort of like, are you kidding, Lord? How would we know? Anyway, Jesus stopped, and he looked around at the crowd. And finally, his compassionate eyes found the face of the woman. They must have held gazes. Something passed between them, and she told him her story in those fleeting instances while her eyes were on his, and his eyes were fixed on her. All fear was gone. Without ridicule, without resentment, or scorn, or anger, or judgment about lack of faith, or indignation at her audacity, but instead, sympathetic tones and understanding love. He looked at her and said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. You're healed. So there you have it, church. Another miracle. Another healing. Another life changed. But all oh, the glory of that miracle and moment and what it can mean to you and to me. Did you listen carefully? Do you realize that the faith of that woman literally arrested, stopped the Son of God in his tracks? Her hope, her pain, her suffering, her confusion, her desperation, her profound trust, her longing led to a touch that changed her life. The time was long ago. His name was Jesus. Yesterday, today, forever. Jesus. I have thought much about that miracle and about you this past week, dear church. The miracle of you. The miracle of you gathered here today. I would love to hear many of your stories of the way we are all blessed and loved and supported. The miracle of breath and life and birth and death and babies and children and youth and adults and seniors of being here for such a time as this. And of course, prayer and faith. Yep, he's still here for us. We see it or we feel it each and every day. We can still touch him. We can still come boldly to his throne. Matthew 14 talks about it is Jesus' joy to intercede and go to the Father for us.
we still have hope. In the words of John Wesley, and I love this, there is mercy still for me, for us. Yes, for each of us, amazing grace. Now that's a miracle. And your pastor will no doubt proclaim that often in the next few weeks. That profound miracle of love. But for this worship service, for this day and this time, consider the depth of love and learning that we can derive from the encounter between that woman who dared cry out for a fresh touch and our Savior who reached out with great compassion. Think about the profound gratitude she must have felt and express your own thanks and gratitude for the miracles in your life one of the joys that my wife and I have, we have a four-year-old granddaughter, we have three grandsons and then another granddaughter that's turning one just this month. In fact, when we leave you today, we're gonna to be going over to Flushing and we're gonna have a big birthday party because like five or six people have birthdays in March. One of the things that I love about Emmeline, when she sees her grandmother and I, particularly when she was a little, a little younger, maybe two or three, she would reach out, Papa, Grandma, and it was such a joy to reach back at her and touch her and hug her and love on her. And I think that's what it was like when the woman sought out Jesus. I think when he said, who touched me? It was a ministry of his profound love. And I think he was happy. And I think he was joyful. And I think he hugged her. When we reach out in faith to touch him, we will no longer ask the question, who touched me? The miracle is, he knows. Amen and amen. I would like you to sing a song with me. I know it's in your book. It's called Me Touch Me. I'd like us to sing both verses and choruses, and then we will move along to communion.
Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him and seek to grow into his likeness. Let us draw near with faith, make our humble confession, and prepare to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion. We do not presume to come to this table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own goodness, but in your unfailing mercies. We are not worthy that you should receive us, but give your word, and we shall be healed. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I will ask the ushers to help you come up here, and my wife will be serving with me today.
Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this communion, for our chance to sup with you at this table. Bless each recipient of this communion, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Our closing hymn will be, Are Ye Able? It's, I think it's found in 5.30, but it'll be on the overhead.
assurance that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and that His Almighty touch is on your life today and forevermore. Amen and amen. amen.